Well, what's up, Springs Church family? I am so excited to be back with you guys today. Didn't JD do an awesome job last week in his sermon about Jonah? He did such a great job. I was so excited because I listened to the podcast. Matter of fact, if you cannot make a weekend, I just want to let you know you can catch it up online on a podcast here at the Springs. But I want to tell you that I'm excited, as Bailey was talking about in the video, about, about the Running with the Giants series. This is awesome. To learn from the past for our experience in the future. That's what I'm excited about. Because that is what is going to happen. We can take what people have learned before us, and we can apply it to now to help us. And I am so excited about that. The theme verse for our series is Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, and there's a lot of things after that, but I want to let you know there's a therefore, which means that this is a continuation. And if you go back to the chapter before this, it's the chapter of the Hall of Fame of Faith. Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Fame of Faith, and it talks about Everything that people had come before us to talk about what they did and how they applied it to their lives and how we can apply it to ours. So let me continue. And then it says in the translation, in this transition, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning that there are people there cheering us on, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Do you know that you all have a race? That you all live in? Do you understand that? You all have this life. Most of us call it a race. But I want to tell you, in ninth grade, I can remember running a race. And it was in gym class. But we did a four by 100. Or four by 400. And, and four of us were trying to beat the record of the school, the school record in the speed. And four of us, four of my friends at that time, we would run and we could hear, you know, all the cheering, all the excitement going on around the, around the track as we were running. But I couldn't pick out any individual voice. The cool thing is, is that after our second time that we did it, we did break the school record, but I'm sure it's been broken because it was just four white guys trying to run, and it was not really that quick. But the thing is, is that we really did not, or we could not pick out anybody's individual voice. But I want to say, the thing is, the thing about this series is I want to take one of the spiritual giants, one of the people who, who has come before us, and ask them to run alongside of us. One of those people are Isaiah, and that is who we are going to speak about today. I hope this series helps us learn our Bibles as well as encourages us. I think Isaiah, one of the Hall of Fame of Faith people that is mentioned in Hebrews, can help us, and he's cheering us on to run this thing we call life. So who is Isaiah? Who is this? We all know him probably as the most famous prophet because his book is 66 chapters. Try to sit there and listen to 66 chapters on an auto, 
on an auto Bible. Listen, try to do that. You might fall asleep. Because it is long, but it is good. It is deep. Isaiah was married to a prophetess who bore him at least two sons. He prophesied under the reign of four Judean kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. He likely met his death under the fifth, though, the evil king Manassas. Christian tradition, as early as the second century, identifies Isaiah as one of the prophets whose death is described in Hebrews 11.37. People think that he was sawed in half. Imagine that death. Imagine, because when, when King uh, Manassas came, he started brutally killing Christians and killing people who were following after what God was telling them to do. Isaiah prophesied from 739 B.C. to 681 to a nation that had turned a deaf ear to the Lord. Imagine that. Imagine being the guy that had a bunch of people that weren't even paying attention to God and that you have to speak to them on behalf of God. Imagine that one. The book of Isaiah provides us with the most comprehensive prophetic picture of Jesus Christ, though. In the entire Old Testament. You see, he had such a clear vision that he actually saw Jesus. It includes the full scope of his life, the announcement of his coming in Isaiah 43 through 5. His virgin birth in Isaiah 7, 14. His proclamation of the good news, 61, 1. His sacrificial death, 52, 13 through 53, 12. And his return to claim his own in Isaiah 60, 2 through 3. The book stands as a testament of hope in the Lord, the one who saves his people from themselves. That's what this whole book is about. Prophets were also called seers back then. So I want you to know that he was a seer. He saw things and he would then prophesy to the people of the nation. So he told them what was going to be happening. So the whole goal is that you can see your spiritual journey much clearer after today. That is what I I pray that you guys can do after today's message. After today, we sit and then we have a couple minutes. The one verse, though, I think Isaiah would say to us would be no matter what your life looks like up until this point. Isaiah 30, 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You might be saying, I have never had that. I have never heard the voice from God like that. But I want to show you how you can. How you can have this moment with God where you understand what he's trying to lead you to do. The truth is, if I had to guess, most of us would say our lives are pretty confusing. Like, why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why? I'm wondering why. God, why are, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? A lot of us ponder on those things. So there's some questions. I'm going to kind of lighten the load here a little bit. But I, I want to kind of go through some ponderables for you. And why do we call it a, dr- a driveway if we park our cars there? Why do we call it a parkway if we drive our cars there? 
It's okay to laugh in church if they're funny. Um, If they're not, that's okay. You can boo too. If humans evolved from apes, why are there still apes? Hmm. If the number two pencil is the most popular pencil in the world, why is it number two? (laughs) Why? I, I don't know. So why do people pay money to go to the top of a skyscraper to then pay money to put in a machine that will let you see what's going on on the ground? Why? Why do they sing, take me out to the ball game if we're already there? Hmm. I know these are funny, but I also know that people ask and have some questions of why in their lives. Why is this going on in my life, God? Why are these things going on? I don't know. But I know that I believe that Isaiah will kind of go through some things today so that we can take something and walk away with it and apply it to our lives so that we can understand what God is saying. So, if Isaiah was to answer us today, I think this is the question or the statement. For when we are trying to make sense of it all, because I know we all do, I think he would say an encounter with God will change everything. An encounter with God will change everything. If you're taking notes, that's what I would write. An encounter with God would change everything. We We didn't start this church for people to come to church. We started this church for people to know who God is, for people to encounter, to create an environment where people can encounter God, God Almighty. You see, Isaiah was was a seer, and he'd seen it so clearly. He saw the crucifixion so clearly 800 years before it happened. And I know that you're probably saying, but Brian, he's a, he was a prophet, and he, and he could do that. But I can guarantee that you could do it, too, if you had an encounter with God. You see, if we want to have a God encounter, this is what I would say. Our greatest pain can be a catalyst for our greatest gain. Our greatest pain can be a catalyst for our greatest pain. Our game, sorry. God speaks to us when we are hurting the most. But a lot of times when we're hurting the most, that's when we push away or turn away the most. You and I, we, we run from God when things are going bad, when we should actually be running to God so that he can show us the way. You know, and a lot of us have those times that, the pain is created by us. And maybe, maybe we're thinking our mistakes are so bad that we have to go fix ourselves before we can go in front of Almighty God, the Heavenly Father. And I would say, if that's what you're doing, that's why you're not experiencing an encounter with God. Because you're pushing away instead of running to Isaiah 6, 1 through 4 says this, In the year King Uzziah died. And this was his darkest moment of his life because King Uzziah was one of his favorite kings. And he was struggling with it. And he was moping and he was crying. And he said, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on the throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him 
were seraphim. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. You need to know that during the darkest moments of your life, you need to run towards God as Isaiah did. This is his example. This is what he was doing. Instead of, instead of moping all about King Uzziah, he said, I got to look. I got to look at the one that can get me through this. I got to do this. I got to go after him. Since we've been here in existence, since the Springs has launched, in, since January of this year, 26 people have taken that look and turned and ran towards God. How exciting is that? Church, we need to give Jesus Christ a hand clap for that. See, they said, I'm going to stop running from him and I'm going to run to him. I'm going to stop running away because this is the answer that I've been looking for. 26 people will forever be changed in the relationship with him. This is why we do what we do, Springs. This is why the worship team practices in the middle of the week. This is why we have a dream team that comes and sets up every weekend. This is why every chair is here in this auditorium. And this is why you see empty chairs we ask you to go invite. Because each of these empty chairs has a story. Each of these full chairs have a story. And that story needs to connect with God's story. And they need to have that encounter with God. So that a community can change. So that a world can change. So this kingdom of God can change. And he's called each of us to be a part of that. So here's what happens next. When we see God clearly, we see ourselves clearly. Before he does anything else, he wants to see the deepest parts of our soul. This is where a lot of us push back. Look at Isaiah. Look what he said in Isaiah 6.5. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Just know God will, wants to go there. I'm going to let you know, once you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants to pull those things out that do not belong, and he wants to go there with you. And that's okay, because what he wants you to do is to be able to see who he is clearly so that you can see who you are clearly. And so, can I, I, I just want to say one thing here, and, and it's kind of off topic, but on topic. Um, this is why life groups are so important. This is why we do life groups. This is why we do life groups here at the Springs. So that people can get in community, and so that the, in those communities they can start to reveal to the close-knit knit of friends and, and people who are walking through it with them, their deep, darkest secrets. You know, I've been in small groups before, in life groups, and I've, I've seen it, um, and, and, and Emily and I love leading them because I like to see when the walls start to fall. 
I love to see when people get to experience what God has. And it's not just for you. Like, I need it too. Other people that are leaders need it too. We need to continue to have these walls fall so we can see and take off the masks that we all wear. Yes, the masks that we walked in with through those doors. The mask I stand up here with. The masks. We need to be able to take them off and be real. So that we can see him clearly. See, if you ask me, why am I stuck in my spiritual journey? I would say to you, because you're not allowing God into the deepest parts of your life. Where he needs to remove and he needs to do the healing and he needs to do those things. Isaiah teaches us this. He says, God removes our past so he can redeem our future. God removes our past so he can redeem our future. The reason why you aren't moving is because you're not heading towards future because you're not allowing God to get you past or over your past. You see, the problem why we can't see this one and we need Isaiah to show us is that um, because we have the wrong picture of God. You know, you may have grown up in church. How many have grown up in church? Okay, not all of us, but that's okay. But I bet you we have a, a wrong picture of God. Because they never told you that God wants to do something so that you can change the world. He wants to do something in you to change you so that you can go change the world. He didn't, they didn't probably tell you that that you were a world changer. They probably didn't tell you that you're an heir or co-heir. They probably didn't tell you all those things. They probably, like when I grew up, told me everything that I did wrong and the laws that I was breaking. But today, I want to tell you That you can be a difference maker if you allow God to work in you and through you. You see, God wants to settle your past. See, Isaiah 6, 6 through 8 says this. Then one of the seraphim flew flew over to me with a uh, a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. The altar here that they're talking about is the place where the blood is shed. And where it will pay for your sin. It is the cross of Jesus Christ for us. This is what they were ta- this is what he was talking about. With it, he touched my mouth. Remember before he said, I can't come because of my unclean lips. This is what he says. With it, he touched my mouth and he says, See, this has touched your, mouth, your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for you. Friends, some of us are here still seeing yourselves through yesterday's lenses. He doesn't want you to see what back what here was. He wants to see he wants you to see what he can do through you and for you. You see, you need to stop seeing our lives through yesterday's lenses. You need to know that the blood of Jesus that was shed up on that cross for you and me, the body was broken to pay for you and I. The blood was shed 
to pay for you and I so that you and I could be changed forever. That's what it was all about. Why does he do this? Why does the Lord do this? We see it. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? He didn't say, You will go. He said, Whom? He asked. So you have a choice. You have a choice to stay in yesterday, or you have a choice to live in the future. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then Isaiah said this, and I said, here am I, send me. Here, I, here am I, send me. You want an encounter from God? You want to know who God is? When you have pain, don't run from God. Run to God. Know that he wants to touch the deepest part of your lives. All of our lives. Some of you won't experience the best part until you let yes, settle yesterdays so you can live out the glorious purpose he has for your life. Here's what I would say. I watched the NBA Finals. And I watched a guy go down because he busted his knee in the sixth game. And he blew it out towards ACL. But I also watched him get back in the game and shoot his free throws just in case his knee wasn't blown out so that he could come back to get in the game. So if I had to say anything to you guys, get in the game. Get in the game. Let's get in the game. After these things, I think Isaiah would reveal three words of encouragement so we can run like we were meant to run. The first one I would say is God wants to reveal more of himself to you. God wants to do this for all of us. He wants us to see him more than we see him today. Even like he's probably saying, hey, Pastor Brian, look, and I'll show you. Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Hey, Pastor Brian, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Hey, Springs Church, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Hey, St. George, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all of your heart. You see, that's what he's doing. That's what it, Isaiah was talking about at the beginning. Was He wants to go to the deepest, darkest places so that he can fill that with him and take the deep, dark stuff out so that you can experience him more. The secret to finding God, this is the key right here. Go all in. Go all in. Some of you are scared. I was scared. Three years ago, driving in the desert, driving out west, I was scared when God said, hey, people are wondering in the desert, what are you going to go do about it? I was scared. I was comfortable. Emily was comfortable. We had a house we loved. 
in Florida. We had friends. We had family there. Like, I mean, it was just, that was, that was our home. I'll tell you, I came back from Florida a couple days ago. It's not home anymore. St. George is my home. St. George is the place that I belong. St. George is that place that he talked about three years ago that I was scared at the beginning to even think about. That's what you have to do. What is he calling to you? What is he saying? You know, I know I grew up in a Baptist church, and I grew up worshiping like this or like this. And he's calling to you. And I can remember the first time I went to, to a little bit more uppity-up church, fun church, um, you know, one that liked to worship. And I can remember, ba 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 yeah. I can remember it. I can remember it. And then I can remember it going above. Yeah. I can remember it. But to experience it, we have to go all in. To experience what he wants for us, we have to go all in. We sang a song about surrendering. And I was just like, yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Matter of fact, I didn't, this isn't even my notes. Stand up real quick. I just want to try something. All right. I'm going to do a little exercise. I only got nine minutes, but that's okay. We'll, we'll finish when we finish. Um, do me a favor. Go like this. Okay. All of you can do it. You can have a seat. All of you can do it. Your arms are not broke right now. It's all good. You can all go all in after him. Because that's what he wants us to experience. That's what he wants. And it'll be uncomfortable. It'll be, you'll be like, I'm, I'm going to look like a fool. So what? Go after him. Don't care about what other people are saying. It's between you and him. Go after him. See, God wants to change you. That would be number two. I think Isaiah would remind us that God wants to change you. He loves you just the way you are, but loves you too much to keep you there. Loves you too much the way you are. He loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to keep you there. He wants more for you. See, Isaiah 1, 18 and 19 says this. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Through, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. See, we can't change our lives, but God can. Church, let's get, it, let's, let's get together with God and say, Lord, what else do you want? What else do you want to change in me? What is it that you need to change in me so I can go change the world? What is it? What is it, God? I know that scares you because you think, um, ah, there's too much to do. There's too much to do. 
and I don't, I, I don't even know where to start. Let them direct you. Let them direct you. Let them direct you. 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3 says this. Like newborn babies, you, won't crave, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. I think this gives us an experience and it shows us that it's about baby steps. It's about baby steps. There is growth journey, and as a pastor, it is cool to see a church provide an environment so that those growth journeys can happen in people. And that's what's happened for 26 people. 26 people have came to know who Christ is, and now it's about baby steps. Now it's about this. So here's my, here's, here would be the key. The next key is take the next step. What is your next step? We're all in different places. We're all in, 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 we could be over here on the spectrum, or we could be over here on the spectrum, or we could be right here in the spectrum. Wherever you are, what is your next step? If you're lost, then give your life to Christ. If you've been here a little while, join the church. If you've been saved but haven't been water baptized, then get water baptized. If you're one of those 26 and you haven't been water baptized, let me know. I will find a pool or a reservoir, and we will go anytime you want, and you can be baptized. If you haven't gotten in the growth track, which is two, two weeks. So one was last week, and then another one will be coming up. It's two steps. It's actually three steps, but two and three are combined. The first step is to learn more about why we do what we do here. The, the second and third step is about you, about the gifts that God has given you so that you can go ahead and take those steps. If you have been here a while and you don't serve, I would encourage you to serve. If you didn't join a life group over the last couple weeks, it's not too late. Two of them are starting this week. The other one that had started, you can still join it. Um, for adults, there's some young adult um, life groups, and there is some next-gen stuff as well. Whatever you do, take your next step. Because if you're not, you're stuck. If you're not taking that next step, you're stuck. And my encouragement to you is don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Number three, I think Isaiah would tell us, God has an assignment for you. He has an assignment for you. God wants you to have an encounter with him so that you will know why God wants to change you because you are part of his plan. You, as an individual, are part of God's plan for the kingdom of God coming to earth. You are a part of that. What part do you play? What is it? You have an assignment from God. For me, it was to come and plant this church. That's what my assignment was. He may call me to go somewhere or do something different. 
But until then, I'm going to keep stepping in this place and keep moving forward day by day to change St. George, Washington County, and this world to be a better place. That's, that's why he's called me here. He's called each of you to St. George to make it a better place. But how? That's between you and him. But you have to have an encounter with God. Isaiah would say this, and, and, and I think he wrote it best in chapter 60, verse 1 through 3. Arise, church. Shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises up upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to brightness of your dawn. Church, the world needs you. People are going to ask, what is that light that you have? Don't be afraid to shine it. Don't be afraid to show it. You need to go out and change this world. People are going to say, they're going to start to look, and they're going to say, what's going on in that church? I see some light. I don't understand. I'm attracted to light. I I like that. I mean, I, I... as I'm sitting here talking to you about this, I'm thinking of Nemo. And, and I remember that, that, that part of the story that Dory is like, oh, look at the light. Look at the light. And even though that light was bad because it was a fish attracting her to eat her, the thing is, is that our light is Jesus' light. That light is not bad. That light changes you, changes me, and changes this world. That's what that light is. And each of us, if we know who Jesus is, we each have that light. And we can share it to change the world. Look what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We have a God who thought of us back here so way over here we could go change the world. He's calling each of us. He's calling each of us. And the key, the last key I would say that Isaiah would say is discover your purpose. Discover your purpose so that church we together can go change the world let's pray father we thank you we know you're the father to the fatherless and father they there may be some of us in here today who are fatherless spiritually and we really need to know who you are And that would be the first step, God, that we want to, that we need to do. And so if that is you, and you've never taken that step to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, to have a relationship with God, I want to invite you to do so. So if that is you, I ask that on the count of three, you raise your hand so that I know who we would be praying with. 
one, two, three. That's you. You've never taken that step to make a decision for Christ, to have that relationship, that first step. Let's do this. Let's, let's all pray this in our heart as I pray it out loud. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay for my, for my sin. That ultimately, that cross was meant for me. And Jesus, I thank you for coming and taking my place up on that cross. I thank you for paying that price. I thank you for shedding your blood and allowing your body to be broken for me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will go with me, you will guide me, and you will direct me in each and every step from this point forward. And I thank you for that. There are some of you here that have kind of been stuck for a while. And you may know who Jesus is, but you've been asking God, why? Why? And I just want to pray for you right now. God, we ask that you will send people, surround us with people, so that we can start to be real. And we can encounter who you are. I ask God, that I can start to see it clearly. And I give you permission to dig deep. To dig deep inside. To remove yesterday's path, yesterday's pain so I can experience tomorrow's promises. Father, I pray for this church and I pray that we together can go change this world. In Jesus' name, amen.